I am Betty Collins, and this is Inspiring Women, a podcast presented by my company, Bradyware. This is the podcast that advances women toward economic, social, and political achievement. And I, Betty Collins, am here to inspire you today on your journey in life, which includes so many things. This is all about you. I am thankful that you're listening, but more importantly, that you're investing time in yourself. You can find more about inspiring women in this episode on the resources tab at BradyWare.com. So today we're going to talk about powerful partnerships and networks for women in business, women leaders, uh, women who own businesses, women in general, right? And um, I've got just some really, really cool guests. I think you're going to like them. Um, But, you know, I want to talk about powerful partnerships and networks. You know, when I kind of say that, it sounds so mighty, Um, like you could conquer whatever is brought your way. Then this mightiness on top of that is just really for women, even better, right? So I want to have this podcast today for all of you because this has been so impactful in my professional and personal life. You know, the underlying issue of this topic is that partnering implies not being solo or by yourself. My greatest times professionally and personally have been when I started, you know, these powerful partnerships and networks for women. It has played and continues to play this major role in my life as a leader. So I I wish I knew this when I was 20-something. Hey, even in my 30s, but I did not really get this and be part of it till my late 40s. So I really want to communicate to to my audience today, to the women in the audience, no matter what age you are or at the point you are in your professional career, it's really key to have powerful partnerships and networks. And by the way, it's not just a professional thing. It has been so huge for me personally. So really be open to to making sure you're establishing these types of relationships. And I've been in all types of networking groups. We're not talking about networking today throughout my career, but it was, you know, it was more like the right thing to do. It was just part of my job. It really wasn't that impactful. But powerful partnering is not having 1,200 Facebook friends. It's not name dropping. Um, that's just called connecting or, or fantasizing that you know all these people. Less is better with relationships because they've got to be correct and they've got to be strategic. And they've got to line up with your why. Betty Collins' why is when the marketplace works in this country, it works, the world works. And when I know that employers can pay those employees, those are households and families that make up communities. So my partners have to line up with that. And because women are so, right now, the ones starting businesses and such dominant presence in the marketplace, it it all comes together, right? So today, I want to talk to you first, why powerful? Powerful means to me, it's not having this great, great power or prestige, but it's influence. I'm not talking about big names. I'm talking about people the ones who have my similar goals and ethics and and they get out there and they influence. Powerful meaning to me that they don't know just um, that they support my why and my purpose. So today I want to talk to you about three organizations that have had powerful partnerships uh, in my life and the impact has been overwhelming. I am extremely grateful. 
partnering with these organizations is really partnering with its members. It's developing relationships within the organization. One relationship leads to another. And that's why I can add the word powerful to it. My company in 2012 merged into Bradyware. And I met these two women, Caroline Worley and Mary McCarthy. Uh, These women have been powerful partnerships and introduced me to an entire network of women. I'm very grateful for them. And they also founded the Women's Small Business Accelerator, which is an organization that kind of is pretty easy to understand. It's Women in Small Business Accelerating, right? And so today, Mary McCarthy is going to join us. Then they introduced me to the Columbus chapter of the National Association of Women Business Owners in 2014. And I will tell you that my world changed, not because I was a member of this organization, but because of the members and, and, and what the organization stood for. And so today, Michelle Casper, who is the current president of our chapter, will join us. And then lastly, I met Rachel Winder of Banesh, who advocates for women. And she is the advisor for the Columbus chapter um, of NABO. I was so awed by her connection and network and got really hooked when I went to Advocacy Day in Washington, D.C. when I was the president of NABO in June of 19. You know, when Washington, D.C. was a fun place to go to. So, but during COVID-19, she just started this Friday call. And I will let her talk about that. And in that Friday call became this organization, the Ohio Women's Coalition. I'm going to call it, I have a powerful panel today that represent these three wonderful partnerships and networks for women leaders in Columbus, Ohio. And really outside, I mean, all of the state of Ohio for some of them. We give our time and our treasure and our talent to them, and and it's all good. But I really am Betty Collins today because of them. And never underestimate the power of those partnerships. It takes work and commitment. you got to be consistent to have these relationships, but the dividends are huge um, in, in development and impact. And by the way, my business also just happened to triple as I started being in these groups. But that is a byproduct. So I'm not talking about powerful partnerships that you can network and grow a business. Oh, by the way, that happens. I'm talking about powerful partnerships that really get to your core. They help you with that why. They have impact. And you get some clients along the way and have some fun. So we're going to just talk about um, these organizations today. And we're going to start with Mary. Uh, Mary, just give me your 30 seconds, (laughs) if you can. It probably is going to go longer. Um, On the WSBA and then expand on the impact um, it's had on you as a leader. So welcome, Mary. Hi, Betty. Thanks for having me on the podcast. So the Women's Small Business Accelerator, what we do is we empower women to dream and to dream big. And then we help them achieve that dream. So that's a really important statement. It goes beyond just wanting to be a business owner, but being successful at it. So we accomplish this by providing tools. And the tools include our education, our training, our mentoring, and even most important, our ongoing support so that they can be very successful. Our end goal is to monetize their business concept so that it meets every woman's big picture dream of caring for themselves, their families, and their communities. So When you're talking partnership on this podcast, that's a very important part of what we do because we do not believe you should struggle alone. 
So we encourage all women, regardless of income or education level, to include us as a partner in their business ownership success. So how does this impact me as a leader? You know, it's very interesting when you think about what leadership means. It means looking at the big picture, surrounding yourself with like-minded people that can help you accomplish your goals, and most importantly, asking for help. Mm-hmm. Right? So yes. you believe in that as well, Betty, right? I do. We I like do. We like to think that we can do it all ourselves as women, but the more we ask for help, the more we accomplish. And I know that I have actually utilized the services of the WSBA um, Mm -hmm. because I was a mentee and I needed a mentor. Um, You know, Betty Collins just doesn't know everything. That's just, I know that's hard to believe, but it's true. And I really, it was impactful to have this woman who could see my world differently and then help me understand it. It was really good. So how, expand a little bit more, how has this organization impacted you, Mary, as a woman leader? You know, there are a number of things that throughout my career have impacted me as a leader, and I think that's an important point we always have to remember. Um, But how did it really help me? When I first realized the desire to create this organization, I took my own advice, and I reached out into the community and asked people what they thought. What were the needs? What could they use if an organization was created? And by listening, it was amazing to me all of the incredible ideas that were brought forth, all of the needs that were uncovered. And I have to say, we've been around for eight years now, and the incredible women that have supported us mm-hmm. and shared that what we're doing is, is really helped so much is amazing to me, but I'm leading by listening. Well, I appreciate your thoughts. We're going to move on to Michelle Casper, who is the NABO president, and she is attorney. So, Michelle, give us your 30 seconds, if that's possible. It might take longer. On NABO Columbus, and tell us about that first day you walked into that lunch. I always love to hear you talk about that. And then the impact that it's had on you as a leader. Thanks, Betty. And Thank you for having me on this podcast. I'm, I'm really excited to be here, and I'm excited to be in the company of other great women. And I, I love this question about the first day you walked into a NABO lunch. So let me set the stage. This was about five or six years ago. I had moved from Chicago, where I was at the time an associate in a Midwest law firm, moved to Columbus, Ohio. It was a you know, out-of-the-blue move that came with an, a job opportunity for my husband. We packed up our young family. We moved to Columbus, Ohio. I knew not a single person. There was nobody in the city that I knew other than my husband. And a colleague in my Indianapolis office said to me, hey, there's this organization called NABO. I think you should go and check it out. And I said, okay, great. I I don't know anybody. I've got to start to get to know some people. And you know, I was a little nervous because I didn't know anyone and I was going to go to this event. So I called up a friend of mine and I said, hey, let's go. To, let's go to this NABO event. It was a good to great event. So our good to great is when we bring together um, inspiring, influential women in the community. And we give other we give other business owners and and women in business an opportunity to roundtable with them. So I remember this day so distinctly and I walked into the room knowing nobody, you know, with my friend by my side, 
And people just started coming up to me, people that I didn't know. And they'd say, hi, my name's Sue. What's your name? What's your business? Tell me about your life. How can we help you? And this, this happened over and over at this meeting. And I left there and I was just so blown away and so inspired. Um, and when I, you know, when I look back at that meeting, I realized that it taught me why it's so important to give as a leader. And I think when we're in a leadership position and we have built up those connections and partnerships, we gain more by sharing them. We gain more by connecting people through introductions, strategic alliances. And I think when you get to that point as a leader, it's really important to listen to what people need. And, and Mary touched on that a little bit. And it's it's important to provide a path for them that perhaps they didn't know existed. And that was really what was done for me when I walked into that, that first NALBO meeting. And quite honestly, it solidified my belief and my passion in the organization. And it's why I'm sitting where I am now as the president trying to give back. It's because somebody gave to me in the first place. And when we look back, we really have no idea the power of our kindness and our time and our resources until we start to give them away. And that was really the, the foundation of building powerful partnerships in my life here in Columbus, where I knew no one. And now fast forward five, six years later, we just opened up our very first office here in Columbus, Ohio for my firm, Smith Amundsen. And, you know, these things would not be possible had I not walked in to that NABO meeting and, and started to meet the women that would really change the path for me. And you know what I love with the with the first two of you? First of all, by the way, Michelle is the president of NABO during a pandemic. <laughs> she has just really <laughs> been this amazing leader through through this time. And uh, but anyway, she, but but what you're hearing from the first two guests and you'll hear from the third is when they're talking about powerful partnerships, they didn't bring up that my book of business grew. They didn't bring up that, hey, look what I got. They're talking about the giving factor, which which is awesome. So then we go to Rachel Winder. And Rachel is, I mean, I don't know anyone who doesn't know Rachel in Columbus, Ohio, or in the state, because she is such an advocate for women. And and what we could, we, we have a long way to go. And she's just really in the fight with that. And, and I met her through NABO as well, and then we attended an advocacy day together. So, Rachel, give the audience um, a feel on how this Fridays at noon during a pandemic, we formed this amazing organization. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you, Betty. Thanks so much for having me. Um, so I, I'm, I'm just, this, this all happened organically in the middle of a pandemic. It was, you know, March of, of 2020. And, and the Ohio governor, Governor DeWine, had um, basically, you know, shut down the economy here in Ohio to, you know, help help keep us healthy. Um, but he put together a, a, a commission, a coalition of, of individuals that uh, were called the Economic Recovery Committee or Economic Recovery Commission. It's a, you know, a, a group of businesses that were going to help open up the economy back up. A number of organizations, you know, were concerned that the individuals that were serving on this economic recovery committee, you know, weren't necessarily representative of the businesses in, in Ohio. There was there were zero micro businesses or or businesses that had less than twenty employees, 
um, there were there were limited women that served on this recovery committee, and there were limited minorities that served on this recovery committee, and and that wasn't right. And and there were a number of organizations that were concerned and wanted to, you know, for lack of a better word, sort of put out a scathing letter, you know, condemning, you know, the acts of the governor, you know, and and they came to Nabo Columbus, and I'm the I'm I'm so fortunate. I'm the public policy advisor for Nabo Columbus, and. They asked our opinion, you know, do we want to join this letter? Do we want to sign on? And, and uh, it, you know, it was, it was of my opinion and, and many others that, you know, hey, why don't we pull back? Why don't we see if we can find a seat at the table? Why don't we find a way if our voices can be heard instead of just complaining or, or being upset that they're not? Let's just make sure that they are. And, and so I, you know, I called the governor's office and I, managed to get, you know, somebody on, you know, who was willing to talk with us, who was an advisor to the governor that was putting together this economic recovery. And all of these organizations came together on a Zoom call. You know, this was when Zoom, this is maybe my second Zoom call ever. Um, but all of these organizations came together and we had this, you know, individual from the governor's office. And all of a sudden, you know, this, this sort of light bulb went off that, holy moly, you know, we're, look how, energized we are. Look how powerful we are. Look, look at all of us together here in this room, making our voices heard in this, this virtual room. Um, but anyways, it was so inspiring and so successful that it happened to be Friday at 11 o'clock that week. And, you know, we immediately were like, well, wh- who else can we get to join this call? Who else needs to hear our voice? Um, and, you know, lo and behold, every Friday at 11 o'clock, you know, we started inviting people to the room and, and, and what was so, I mean, almost surprising to me was that they came. I mean, and, and another light bulb moment was when, <laughs> I mean, I, I hate to be surprised that they came, but I was surprised that they came. Um, I'm no longer surprised. Now I expect them to be there, but, um, you know, we asked, uh, uh, a division of the development services agency, which is a cabinet in the governor's office. And, and there's a small division inside of it. And we asked that director to join us and they instead bumped us up to the governor's cabinet member, director Lydia Mihalik and said, she should be on this call, not me. And that again, you know, was a light bulb moment. Like, Holy moly, I cannot believe I've, we've been bumped up to the director. You know, normally I'm bumped down to the assistant, to the assistant, you know, so here, (laughs) here we are. Um, getting bumped up and and we realized you know the power of this collective voice and so long story short we incorporated and we became the Ohio Women's Coalition and we're the first statewide organization fighting for women's economic growth and women's you know business women's businesses on a statewide level and I'm I'm so proud of of um Betty and Mary on this call, both who have joined the board and who are who are there with me fighting all the way. So those are three of my favorite organizations, um, the WSBA, NABO Columbus, and the Ohio Women's Coalition. These are organizations and partnerships. This is not networking. These are partnerships, powerful ones, that you get to have impact, figure, you know, support your why and you do get to meet more people and network with the right people. So I have some questions for each one of them. So thank you, first of all, for describing your organizations. I wanted people to get a feel for that. So I'll go to Michelle. Michelle, 
You know, probably if I asked all three of you this question, you'd answer it fairly same. So give me your definition of a powerful partnership and network. You know, outside of NABA, you've described that well, but give me that definition. Yeah, absolutely. So I really think this goes back to people who are willing to give, particularly when they don't see what they may gain in return. And when when I think about a powerful partnership and network, you know, that's that's something that takes time to grow and cultivate. Yes. It doesn't happen overnight. And it's it's really much like a deep friendship. You know, you, you have to grow it over time through trust, devotion and care. And it, and it can't be one sided. Um, when I think about the partnerships and networks that I've developed over the years, I see the growth over time and how I grew that mutual respect. Mm -hmm. And I really had to take the time to do more listening in the beginning. And to a large extent, you know, that still rings true today. We have to listen to learn. So when I think about a powerful partnership, I, I think that that is a group of individuals who have your back, but who also challenge you to be better than who you were the day before. The the people that have been really instrumental in my life have pushed me out of my comfort zone and they've pushed me to places that maybe I didn't even think was possible in my own head. And, and I think if you ask really successful people what their secret is, you know, that's a common topic among top executives and top women in their field. You know, what's your secret? How'd you get there? They almost always tell you a story about someone else great who believed in them and who helped them build a powerful network. And I think that's especially true for women. You know, the mentors that we can develop through these partnerships and networks can can really change our path. Excellent. That's really good. Great points in there for sure. Um, Rachel, when you're looking for that partner or, (laughs) hey, let's go build a coalition, right? (laughs) What characteristics must be there? you know, in the people that you're, you're, you're bringing together. Yeah, absolutely. So I thought about this. Um, I mean, three came to mind, but there's, you know, there's lots, but the, the, the top three that I thought about right away were, you know, passion, you know, like just listening to the three of you, you know, you, you all have such passion for what you do. It's so obvious. Um, I have to, I have to have that in my networks. I have to know that they're passionate um, I need to know that there's authenticity, you know, yeah. that it's an authentic um, belief in what, what you're doing um, for the right reasons, you know, like Mich- Michelle was talking about just giving back, you know, um, you know, Betty's so generous with her time. Mary creates organizations to help people. Um, you have to be authentic about what you're doing and why. And then also I, I need to be inspired. Um, so I, I need to, to, I, you know, I think I'm just by nature a little bit lazy, you know, so I really need to be inspired to, to action, you know, I need to just, you need to, I guess that's part of the passion and part of the authenticity, but I just need to be inspired by what the organization is doing. I need to, you know, just believe that they are doing it for the right reasons and it's, it's the right, you know, fit for me. Right. Well, Michelle and Mary, do you see Rachel as being lazy? <laughs> I, and did you hear me chuckle in the background? <laughs> I did. I did. <laughs> no, Rachel, I think you're the only one that sees that in you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's nice. Well, yeah. thank you. <laughs> 
Well, you know, knowing Mary in the partnership of, of the three of us or the four of us on the phone today, I gave this question to her because I she can do things so well. And, po- and, and so you'll like the question. When do you not partner and network? And how do you politely divorce yourself? I'll, I'll, I think only Mary can do that well. So how, what would you see? Because there's times you don't want to partner and network, right? So, Betty, first of all, I cracked up. That's the question that you gave me of the three, right? <laughs> <laughs> so... I have to say, I, I love what I'm hearing from everybody. Such great advice so far. Um, and you're right. There are times that we need to either not partner or we need to maybe decide that we need to move on. Um, and like everybody else on this call, I'm a very strong believer in partnerships, right? Together, we can be unstoppable. But if we find that an partnership is not working or that maybe we're not going in the same direction, then the best advice that I can give truly is just to be honest, Mm -hmm. right? To start with communicating and see if you can work out the differences because oftentimes we think we're communicating when we're not really saying the same things to each other. So we have to listen to what the other person is saying to make sure we're on the same page. Right. And if we can resolve it first, then great. But if we can't resolve it, then we do need to look at potentially moving on. Um, There's a really great book that I read. It's my all-time favorite, and I recommend it to everyone. It's called Essentialism, The Disciplined Pursuit of Less by Greg McGowan. Great book. Right, it isn't it? A fabulous book. And he talks about being realistic with your time. Because sometimes partnerships don't work just because you've overcommitted and you've added one more thing to your to-do list that you really just don't have the time to do. So if it doesn't fit, right? So his concept is not less but more, it's less but better. What can we do that we can be the best at? So if we're going to partner, we want to partner well. Uh, We want to communicate clearly, and we want to really make sure that we work together to hit end goals. And if it's not working and the communication doesn't work, then we just have to, again, honestly communicate and say it just doesn't work. Right. And you need to move on. So you don't want to be passive-aggressive. You don't want to just disappear and not communicate because then they don't understand. So as long as you communicate honestly, they may still be mad at you, but that's okay because at least you communicated and with a positive intent. Right. This year, one of my themes in my life is um, for my mental state is you got to know the difference between branches and twigs. Branches give life and twigs are good for firewood. And they burn and they're done. And I I think it speaks for itself. But you do have to make those decisions sometimes of this is just not this isn't lining up for me, you know, and then you waste mm-hmm. a lot of time in a partnership or in a network that's not alignment, you know, and, and right. time is too precious. So, so Rachel, can, can you give us an example of your best powerful partner? You know, and you don't have to say Nabo and you don't have to say, <laughs> but, but, you know, it could be a person, it could be whatever, but, but who is that best that you've had and why? Well, so, I mean, it, I, it, I hope this isn't cheating, but it, it is Nabo. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good, good. We, Michelle, we like that, right? <laughs> uh, absolutely. Yes, we do. <laughs> it's absolutely Nabo Columbus. They, um, they introduced me to um, just finding that passion. I mean, before I was introduced to Nabo, I, you know, I've, I've done lobbying my entire career and 
and most of my career was was lobbying for um, a large, you know, Fortune 50 telecommunications companies. And they were great jobs. Don't get me wrong. You know, um, great opportunities. Telecommunications are really important. But I don't think I ever realized I was miss, missing something from, you know, the, that opportunity. And, and I and in 2014, I had the opportunity to work with Navo Columbus. And I, I it was from you all that I just learned about how inspiring and, and exciting and, and, and fun it is to, you know, to accomplish something and be passionate about it. And, and the organization of women, I have a similar story to you, Michelle, my first time walking into a, a NABO meeting. Um, I mean, just, it blew me away. Mine was a big visionary award event. It was unbelievable. I'll never forget it, but it's absolutely NABO Columbus. Thank you so much. I mean, it, it is, it's been a, extremely impactful for, for all of us on this call, for sure. So, but that's a good example. Okay, Michelle, we're in 2021. What powerful partnerships and network um, is going to help women in leadership today outside of the three that we've talked about? Maybe, maybe something else that you're familiar with. Yeah, so I'm going to pivot this one a little bit okay. and answer it with almost a question, but okay. I'm going to tell you why. So I think this is a great question, and I really sat with it for a long time as I prepared for today. And, you know, the three organizations that we've highlighted on this call have are just influential, wonderful organizations and places where women who are developing leadership, growing their businesses can absolutely look to and get involved in you know, to, to really further what they're trying to do in their lives. And I, I think women in particular, and I think that this is highlighted since the pandemic hit, are facing an incredible shift in the demands placed upon us. And it's, it's absolutely affecting us disproportionately to men. Yes. You know, I saw a statistic that in December of just this past year, we lost 140,000 jobs. And all of those were jobs that women lost. And even more alarming is that the job losses disproportionately affected Black and Latina women far more than they did white women. But the job losses didn't affect men. They actually mm. gained in jobs. And when we think about what we need for women in 2021, I think we need to start talking more about how we provide resources to women to help them grow both successful careers and successful families. And, you know, back in the 1960s, when the women's live movement was really taking root and we saw all these women, you know, slip on their heels and go out to work and become professionals. What we didn't see was was society and government provide the, the support that they needed. You know, things like family leave, help with child care, flexible work hours. These are all things that we continue to struggle for. And they're the reasons that we see a lot of women, especially since this pandemic hit leaving their current jobs because we're we're really having to juggle a lot with our careers and with our families. And I say that from the perspective of, you know, a woman in her early 40s who has young children at home with virtual school going on and, and really trying to balance a lot, being a partner in my law firm, the managing partner of our Columbus office. So when I think about what leadership women need in 2021 and moving forward, I, I believe very strongly that we need flexible options and we need to start having some conversations about what employers and government support can give to that flexibility mm -hmm. you know, to give us a real shot at not having to choose between family and career. And that's the question that I'd leave for the group. You know, what, what organization is best poised to have those tough conversations to make sure that 
the gains that we've made as women in business are not something that we lose um, with all that we're juggling, especially now during this time and in our history. Really awesome pivot. (laughs) I mean, really, really good. I'm going to let Mary and and Rachel, you know, do you want to add to that or respond to that? Because that's just perfect. I mean, I'm still just sad about the statistic, you know, and that mm-hmm. we just we just keep continuously being hit um, and we're not getting the support that we need. Um, I, I I tell this story, but if you look at the state budget, which is, you know, a, a two year, forty one billion dollar budget um, two years ago, women were only mentioned in relation to rape crisis centers and domestic violence and infant mortality. And, and so the support we're getting from the state is, you know, these, these, all these social issues, you know, where we're victims and, and maybe if they invested a little bit up front to help women businesses and to help this network of organizations that support these, um, you know, provide direct support services for women's economic growth. You know, if they just maybe looked at the front end a little bit, it can make a big difference. Any insight, Mary? You know what? I'm going to I'm gonna join in on that one as well. I think, Michelle, you just said it so beautifully. And Rachel brought up a really good point. And I shared yesterday a statistic that I had run across. And the statistic stated that 1% growth in entrepreneurship can decrease poverty by 2%. Wow. So, when, so, right? So when we think about what Michelle was saying, the greatest challenge for women is trying to balance all of these different things. And while my children are growing, because I can work from home, I'm now babysitting. So along with Michelle, I'm trying to work and, and take care of kids and help in the schoolwork. And I'm lucky that I can help. But what do you do if you don't have that support system? So, you know, the the majority of things still fall on us. And women have been disproportionately um, impacted by the current situation. And the businesses that are closing the most are women's businesses. And when you think about the term lifestyle, right, they say that most women create lifestyle businesses as if that's a negative thing. Well, the definition of lifestyle is a business that cares for the business owner, their family, and their community. Yes. I think that's a great thing to create a lifestyle business. Right. If you can accomplish those three things. But they're the hair, the stylist, the massage therapist, right, the caterers. And they have been really harmed in this situation. And we have to look at what we can do to support them. Because it supports the family, which supports our communities. Well, I could stay on with you ladies all day, but we <laughs> we do have to go. And I, and, I, and I cannot thank you enough, the WSBA, NABO Columbus, as well as NABO National, and the Ohio Women's Coalition um, for being here today, first of all, for sharing your perspective and the impact, sharing that impact that you're, it had on you as well as our communities I'm truly grateful. You all are part of my powerful partners and network and certainly made me better professionally and personally. Um, and, and my leadership skills and influence have hopefully had some impact. And I can't thank you guys enough. And I want to end on one thing that was so positive if, if that, that I would challenge anyone who's listening today. Amanda Gorman, who spoke at Joe Biden's inaugural, 
I have read her poem over and over. And I look at that 22-year-old and say, the powerful connection and partnerships that she probably developed that day, <laughs> but in her life, she, there's just impact that will happen. Right? And, and that's what it is all about. And by the way, you know, you get to know people, you get to have lifetime friendships, you get to have a business that grows, and, and, it, and then you really can look back and go, yeah, this was really a cool ride. So I really appreciate all you guys coming on today. I am Betty Collins, and I'm glad that you joined me. Inspiring women is just what I do, and I leave you with this. Being strong speaks of strength, but being courageous speaks to have a will to do more and overcome. As your career advancements continue, your financial opportunities will grow. You need to be prepared. And you can do that by going to our website, bradyware.com, to find out more about us and the accounting services that we provide. All this and more about the podcast can be found in the episode show notes.